Hello and welcome everyone to another Invent Right live stream. We got Mr. Stephen Key here. My name is Andrew Krauss. Together, we co-founded Invent Right 23 years ago. We've had students in over 65 countries. We have a lot of fantastic coaches. And what do we do? We coach and mentor inventors to license their products. So you don't need to start a business. You don't need to raise money. You don't need employees. But you can license your products to these giant companies. I thought I was doing the intro and then you just did the intro. Okay. That's what I always do. Go ahead, Stephen. You can do the you can do the, the I want to do the intro. We're here today to show you how to license your ideas, how to bring your ideas to market through the licensing great business model so it saves you time, energy, and money, so you can share your creativity with the world. And that's why we're here on this QA today. Okay. All right, all right. No, but you told me earlier that you wanted to get in the specifics of what people are going to learn today. You know, and what we're going to cover. Picture, big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big picture here is that you have this great idea and you're not quite sure what to do. What do I do next? Or maybe you're in the process and venturing isn't working or, or maybe you're reaching out to companies and you want to license your idea and they're not responding back to you. Or maybe you're just doing things that are costing you money, but nothing's happening. Right. Or so, spending tons of time and nothing's happening. Guys, yeah. I want to remind you, start typing in your questions. Stephen, I'm going to answer questions. So that's great, Stephen. Um, it's kind of hard to find an inventor that's not frustrated with the process when they're new to it, right? But, but I think we're all frustrated to a certain degree. About or, or some people aren't frustrated. They they made all these assumptions about what to do. Oh, I get a patent, and then I get a prototype, and then and then they're not frustrated yet. But then they're like, oh, where did that get me? You know, um, they're looking around, going, what happened? Yeah, I, I think you have a quite a few people out there that are thinking, I just got this great idea. What do I do? Right, and and you're hearing all these different people talk about it, and hey, get a patent. You better get a patent, or or hey, you better you know you you better be careful. Or, hey, you need to start a company. Or, hey, you need to raise money. Or all these kind of weird things. And you're like, okay, and, and who are you getting this advice from? Well, people don't think those are weird. People think that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what most people think. But we're here to tell them there's, a, there's another path. There's a low-risk path financially. And once you learn how to do it time-wise as well, um, and it's, it's, it's a, a path where you can dream big. Because these companies that you license to are big. So when when you're with them, you're big, you know? And I, I don't think there's many inventors. Some inventors, Stephen, they like, oh, well, you know, I like to sell a little bit here and a little bit there, but or I'll, I'll start an Etsy store. But most inventors, when they dream about their invention, they envision it at a Home Depot or a Walmart yeah. or a Target. I mean, let's be honest. And, and that's what licensing can do for them, right? All right. Yes, and you're right. I don't, you know, I'm maybe a lot of people think I'm just going to start out in my garage. You know, I'm Make gonna, 100 units? Yeah, I'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign, raise a little bit of money and, and just sell it on Amazon and, and maybe start that. I'm going to do the slow, the slow method. Yeah. Now, here's the catch, guys. Yes, you can do that. Right. But realize you're not really serious about it. You know, you're, you're not really playing the right game. You don't really understand how this all works. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about some things today. You know me, Andrew. I'm always on a rant. Before you, before you, 
before you do your rant, I want to I want to just say uh, hello to uh, some people that are already typing questions. James, Rudy, Peter, let you guys know. Please type your questions in, and in between Stephen's rants, we'll answer your questions. I'm just I, kidding, Stephen. You're, you're I, the one. <laughs> well, I, you guys, I get excited about this, and and you know I do. And some things just really irritate me. All right, and, we want to hear it. Uh, yeah, and I, I really want to. <laughs> I want to a therapy session paper. with Stephen Key. Stephen, um, let me well, hold on. Hold on a second here, Stephen. So, um, so how do you <laughs> you lie back on the sofa there? And use my. Go therapy. ahead, Stephen. I, I want everybody to be my therapist today. I need help, guys. Because okay, I'm good. I like that. That's great. I, I'm frustrated. I want everybody to help me because I think there's things that are happening out there that look like they're a good idea, but they're really not. Hmm. Okay. And I want to go, and I want to talk about this thing. I always talk about this thing. I'm not going to talk about patent attorneys this time. I promise you, I promise you, maybe a little, maybe a little, but all right. I want to talk about that button, that little magic button that's going to solve all your problems. That little magic button that you see on a website that says, submit your idea here. That little magic button that's just, that's in your dreams. Like, Oh my God, they're going to do all the work. I'm, I've got this great idea. I'm going to submit it to this company and everything's going to work out beautifully for me. That's my rant today. And, and you're talking, the button you're talking about is like a, a, a company. And let's say they're selling kitchen gadgets and there's a, there's a place on their website where they're like inventors. You can submit your idea here. Is that the button you're talking yes, about? Yes. I'm talking about that little button that says submit your idea here. Right. And mm -hmm. okay. Let me talk about that for a minute. Now, there are some companies, in fact, more and more companies put that little submit your button, submit your idea here. I'm gonna tell you, those are called online portals. Online portals. And it looks like this is really great. I have an idea, they're looking for ideas. I'm gonna submit my idea to them. Sure, it makes sense. And makes you sense. know, I, I know they're open. So I'm a little hesitant. I don't really know if I can do this, but you know, oh. they're saying they want my ideas and I'm an inventor. So this all feels very comfortable. Perfect. Or maybe not comfortable, but at least it's, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. I, I, Let's be I'm honest. I'm making things happen. I'm making yeah, things very, happen. I'm here to yeah, tell you, yeah. it does not work. Yeah. I talked to a guy yesterday. He, that's all he was doing. He's not a student. It doesn't work. He said he'd sent to about 15 companies through the portals and he hasn't gotten anything back. And, um, I'm like, okay, you can do that, but I'm not surprised that that's your result. That, that's actually what it, I would expect. It, it really doesn't work, yeah. and but it's very tempting. So what does work? What does work? What yeah. works is reaching out to these companies that are that do embrace open innovation, that are looking for product ideas, and finding those people maybe through trade shows, we'll talk about that in a minute, but maybe through LinkedIn, um, asking about their process. You guys, these portals are really for the people that are just beginners, right? And the other ones, I've kind of figured it out. I'm going to build a relationship and I'm going to work with the person within that company because these portals are just black holes. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, I've asked enough companies that have those portals. I've asked them. Well, you, you, did, it a, you, did, a, you did a freaking book. I did. I did. I asked them, how's that, how's that working for you guys? You know what they've told me? Yeah. We don't license anything through the portals. But the same company has licensed a lot of products. 
That's all they do. So, so if they're not the getting portal, it through the portal, where are they getting the ideas? They're getting it because the people that are educated about this aren't going through the portals. Those portals were people at the very beginning that don't know what to do. So they go through the portal. It, it shouldn't even be for people at the very beginning. It's for people at the very beginning that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so anyway, you guys, we're going to talk a lot about portals and what you should do. Build relationships, build relationships. Yes, 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 yes. And if they demand for you to go through a portal, find a different company. Okay, here's the other thing, too, I want to say. If there's a third-party company that is giving you access to all these companies, all right, and then there's a couple of them out there, and I know who they are, and I'm not going to not going to talk about them. You can do your own homework on these guys. But the bottom line is, and they want you to pay. Now they want you to pay. Mm -hmm. Right? We're getting, we have all these companies that are in our, you know, we embrace open innovation. We have all these portals and we want you to go in, but we want you to pay now. You guys, if that worked, you would see the success. Right? So all I'm saying is, if these things work, let me see the success. Because, Andrew, you can say anything you want. But if you don't have the success, it's not worth much. Yeah, I agree. And don't pay for that. So let's talk about results for a minute, right? First of all, first of all, before we talk about that, if you want a list of companies that are looking for ideas, all right, we have a list. We have a list of companies. We have a list of 500 companies. I don't think you need a list. But if you want a list, we have a list of 500 companies. Andrew, could you show them where that list is? Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming people are seeing the, 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 some of the stuff people are typing in. I'm just clicking on a few of them. But let's go take a look here. Yeah, find the, find the list that's free. There's no, there's no, there's no charge for this. God, get, don't, don't. People that are charging for that, get away from those guys. All so, right. so if you go, if you go to um, inventright.com and then you click on free resources, you're, you're going to see this page and you can sign up for all our free resources. Um, I'm going to click stop sharing and I'm going to reshare the screen. I'm new to, I'm new to sharing here. I'm going to reshare the actual resources so I can show you this. And what's really great about this to you guys. Steven, did you, I'm sorry. Did you want me to share companies well, looking for ideas or did you want me to share inventions for sale? I'm talking about free resources, Andrew. Yeah, I'm and, on the free resources. Yeah, the free here. resources, you guys. I'm just saying there's all these free resources that are available. But if you want a list of companies that are looking for ideas, over 500 companies, please just join this free resources and start to look. It's a directory. It's a database. There it is. So you don't have to pay anybody to do that. You guys can do it yourself. Paying is ridiculous, you guys. As, I, as we mentioned at the very beginning of this, we're trying to save you some time, energy, and money, what works. So don't pay for those portals. Okay, number two, Andrew, um, results. Let's talk about results before we get to all these questions. I'm a big believer in results. If, if you're doing something that doesn't work, kick it to the curb and do something that does work. I mean, I don't want to spend my time on things that just don't work. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in showing results. Right, so so go to the page we have. We we love that when our members have products that hit the market. We love when they hit the market. We love when they hit the market. And because of that, we have a page up at InventRight that these are 
products that you can buy today that are one, that our students have licensed yeah so why don't you go through it real quick don't i mean there's i don't andrew i don't even think you can get down to the bottom of the page keep on scrolling keep on scrolling you know, we, we just threw this together for a holiday gift guide keep on scrolling and keep on scrolling I'm don't, scrolling. You'll never get through it all. Don't well, never get through okay, it. Okay, I'll I'll go faster here. This is this it. is I love this product by the way. This whiskey wedge from Ryan. I oh, love that all these. Sold a million units. That one I sold know. a million units. Okay, keep on I scrolling. Know. Oh God, you can go forever. On you this. know this product. This is a product Dario Antonioni licensed a long time ago. Really cool product. They did like I don't know like 60, 70 different versions of this. It lets you create a pocket anywhere. That's a really cool product with these straps and you're like, oh, it's just elastic straps, but it's done in just a certain way. Very clever, very patentable, very unique. That's sold in insane amount. Um, they ended up buying them out. The power actually. lock, the, then not the power lock, but the word lock's been around forever. Yeah, that, Todd with the word lock. Yeah, it uses okay, word keep rather on scrolling than letters. And you'll never get down to the bottom because I want to move on. Yeah. Um, well, this is, Aaron did this recently, this dog toy. That's a fun product. This one helps you uh, have good posture. Um, there's another version of the word lock. Um, well, go to the wait. Stop there with Ingrid. Bait, bait bucket. You know, yeah. Tina and Mark they really struggled in order to do this deal, but they got it done. You know, they, you remember their their ups yeah, and downs. That's a very interesting story because they had licensed it to one company. The deal fell apart. They relicensed it to a really big company. Now it's doing great. Go back up though. I want to show them one that's really important here. This finger finger shield. Right there, finger shield by Ingrid. You guys, let me let me explain this too. This this is a a, a grandma Ingrid. And she was able to license this to Baby Brezza, which is a huge company. And the first email she sent to them, pitching her idea, because she had a direct contact. David contracts a very good friend of ours. We have him on one of our programs called Bridging the Gap. She submits it. He doesn't see it. Doesn't get back to her, and she's probably thinking, oh, they, they don't like it. But she goes ahead and follows up, sends it again, and he apologizes. He didn't respond to it. He loves it, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, but if she if she had said, "Oh, he didn't get back to me. I I give up," he <laughs> she wouldn't have never licensed it. He's just he's just busy. Yeah, keep yeah. on going, Andy. I want to move on because we have a lot of stuff to do. We keep on. See if you can get down to the bottom of it. Go on. See if you can get to the bottom. Go. Yeah, keep on going. So what, on. what's 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 really cool, guys, is these are all our students that currently. Not license it in the past. Currently, right now, you can buy these products. Uh, boom. We, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, you guys. And so there's a lot of products here. And what we've done for the first time, Andrew's right. First time we thought, why don't we put them together? And so people can actually I can't buy believe we haven't done this, you know. But this, this. Uh, oh, I, I like Fred's product is here. He sent me a box of these, actually, with the, the gunny tool holder. That was fun. That was a recent one. Um. Yeah. There's so many, my goodness. All right, all right, enough of that. Enough it of that. Is, okay. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right, you guys, this, so let's go back, Andrew. I just wanted to, now, just to recap, you guys, what we just showed you was results, right? And so whoever you're going to work with, I don't care who it is, it could be us, it could be anybody, whoever you're going to work with, make sure they sh they have results, and make sure they have results today or last week or next week. Make sure they, they've got a large body of results. If they don't have results, find someone that does. Mm -hmm. All right. There you go. There's my, there's my rant 
Find people with results and forget those portals. Okay, let's, so let's so Stephen, I never used this feature before, but I can click on show when somebody typed a question and we can see it. I'm assuming you see it too. Yeah, so, I haven't seen it before. Go ahead. That looks great. Yeah, so, okay. So um Celeste, it looks like going through a portal or paying a company to do the work for you up front, especially before they they before they have done anything, are two deadly mistakes inventors can make. What what others would you add to this list? Okay, so <laughs> What are what you mean? So she's asking what other mistakes inventors make. Stephen, oh. that's the only mistake inventors make. We don't make any other mistakes. No, they don't make any mistakes. No. Unless, okay. All we're right. being silly, can, guys. Can we're, we go down another rant again here, you guys? Okay, sure. because I love this question. Let me tell you another mistake. Okay. Buying a booth at a trade show. Yeah. Showing your prototype and expecting some person magically is going to walk by and go, you're brilliant, I want your idea. Uh, Andrew, that's one of those things again that if that really worked, I would like to see results, right? And I even asked um, one of our fellow um, individuals out here in the, the whole you know trade show world, I asked him, because he, he says he loves going to these trade shows. I said, that's great, great. Could you show me results? He goes, yeah, I've got it, I got it, but I still have not seen it. Okay. And so I'm all about seeing results. And if I see results and I'm going to get behind something and spread it with you guys, if you show me results, I'll spread it. But our, our, our students have a lot of success at trade shows, but they have success walking the trade show and just at paying for the general attendance, which is usually free or low cost, walking the show and talking to people at the booths, which is the manufacturers that sell to the retailers. But when inventors pay to go to a show and have a booth, and they're and and to be honest, a lot of times they're not really clear. Do I want to license this? Do I want to venture? Like half of the people inventors you talk to, they're like they don't know why they're there exactly. And a retailer is not going to walk up and say, "Oh, I want an order." They they can tell you you don't have the cash flow. You're not going to deliver on time. It's going to be quality control issues, you know. And then you know, are the other people with the booths that have products that you're supposed to be licensing to? Are they walking around? No, they're trying to sit in their booth selling, you know. So you should be walking around. You shouldn't have a booth. <laughs> You should be walking around talking to the vendors. So not only does it save you money, but it's the very efficient way to go about it. Now, for those of you like, oh, I'm busy, I limited budget, I don't want to fly out to a trade show. You don't have to. Our students license all the time using LinkedIn, using email, using the phone. But, but it's a nice thing to do. But do Andrew, not love, feel like you have to. I love trade shows. I've been going to trade shows for 40 years. I love them. But you mm -hmm. have to work the show. You have to knock on doors. You have to visit these companies. You have to make relationships. You have to work it. But if you're sitting there at a booth, they're not going to come find you. It doesn't work that way. But here's the other thing, too. If you have a prototype and you're not ready to ship, right, you're, you're just exposing your idea to the world. Don't do that. Now, Andrew, let me tell you what's really weird. Someone contacted me just the other day that, that the trade solutions for all the trade shows and said, Steve, stop doing that. Uh, sorry, that. say that again. I didn't get what you're saying. Yeah, get someone again. contacted me the other the other day that, that kind of works with all the trade shows and said, Steve, stop, stop saying that. Stop saying what? Don't buy a booth. Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, that's bullshit. That's that we're gonna advise inventors to, to so, do the best for themselves. They tried to explain to me, we read your article. Right. Right, and you stop doing that. 
You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. They have to buy a booth. In fact, what you're doing is against policy. It's against policy. And I thought, I said, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I said, first of all, we're not selling. We're licensing. We're building relationships. Companies look for us to be there to meet with them. So you're telling me not to say that information? It sounds like this person has a vested interest in making money from selling inventors booths. Well, Andrew, they, they, it was a little shocking. They, when, I, when I wrote that back, I, haven't, I have not heard a reply. But anyway, let's go on. Okay. Hey, that, this one's really cool. I'm, gonna, I'm assuming you can see these, Stephen. Can you see yeah, them? Throughout yeah, they're this? great. Okay, this is really cool. We never used this feature before. Andrew and Stephen, I've been doing, this is from Mel. I've been doing my invention solo. I truly need a mentor, even though I have been at this for 10 years and have a utility patent, thanks on purpose. So, Stephen, um, We've talked to a lot of people that have, have filed patents, have been thinking about and working in their own way. Some of it is effective, obviously some of it's not. Mel, I think, thank you, Mel, for being so honest and transparent with sharing that, you know, and obviously when you've been doing something for 10 years and it's not working, um, you know, I, I think a couple things are going on there. You're doing the wrong things or a lot of inventors, they're not really doing that much. They filed a patent and they're thinking about it and they're contemplating finally, at some stage doing this or doing that, but they're not really doing it yet. And Mel, thank you so much for sharing where you are with things. I really appreciate it. Andrew, we see this constantly. And if you're doing something year after year and you're not getting results, you've you got to change it up, right? And it's not just keep doing it. You know, it, it's really get some help. Someone wrote this the other day on LinkedIn, which I thought was really amazing. They said, if you're in business, and if you don't have a coach, advisor, a mentor, it's a hobby. Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because then, then I started to think about the people that are successful have some type of advisory board. They have someone else that has other skills. You build a team of knowledge to think yeah. that you're going to go down this road all by yourself, that you've never, never done it before and read and read a book or watch a video and think that you're going to be successful. Yes, it does happen, but it's very, very rare. You need you need like-minded people making sure you're doing all the right things. Yeah, but inventors are, you know, they, they came up with the idea by themselves. They're friends and family. They're not coming up with ideas. They're kind of alone, you know, and and they need to expand their network and their, their knowledge. And once you start doing that, the, the road starts to open up. You start to see, oh, I have, two paths here. I can license it or I can sell it myself. Which path do I want to take? And if I'm going down that path, who's going to be advising me? Not, oh, well, I know how to do that path. Well, because I just know it just makes sense. First thing I do is file a patent and then but, I need a prototype. And then it's like, and that's not true. We know. Um, Andrew, when I first started out, it was like everybody else. I was pretty enthusiastic. I was selling product and, but I, I knew that I, there's things that I wanted to do. I had goals, but I didn't know how to achieve those goals. I knew I had them. I, I wanted to do it. But I found my mentor, Steve Askin, when I was in my early 20s. He changed my life. He, he, he was able to tell me exactly what to do. He introduced me. In fact, what's so amazing about my mentor, I still talk to him today, 40 years later. He's still a friend of mine. He's the guy I go to when I don't know something. And, and, he, and guys, he's, I've, I've met him twice, I think. I think at a trade show. I think I saw him at the licensing expo. He's a character. And he really, um, he really, he really cares about you, Steve. And I, I can tell. He really does. He, and he, 
he's fascinated with you and he's a he's a really cool well, dude I'm, well, you know, you, first of all he told me i wasn't crazy secondly he told me he says look you're going to need help and he goes be a, a and tap into me because my network is bigger than yours i've been doing this for longer tap into my network so he's the guy that if i'm not quite sure He's my sounding board. Well, well I, I differ. I, I, you're crazy. I'm crazy. And he's crazy. If you ever met Steve Askins, he's crazy. And I say that in the best possible way. And you've said it, it before, too. <laughs> it so is. crazy is good. We're all a little crazy. That's good. But we also need to be very practical he's in how like, we move forward. You, you have to have a guy. Yeah, you, you just have to. So anyway, find that guy. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's somebody else. But find that guy. Go ahead. So Mel had kind of expanded three companies has ta have taken his money and he just sent him a list of companies. So Mel, yeah, I mean, obviously every every inventor is doing different things wrong. If you yeah. haven't licensed a product yet, you're probably doing something wrong, not necessarily. Yeah. But um, and your mistake is you keep looking for somebody to do the work for you. So you need to be willing to reach out to companies and go direct. So that's your mistake, wait, Mel. Wait. That's the mistake of a lot of inventors. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me I have to do the work? But Stephen, it's like a thousandth the work of running a business. You know, you need to make a sell sheet, a list of companies, file a PPA, reach out, get a lot of no's, and then move forward. The one. You have to do that. You can't not do that. Do it for, I want someone to do it for me. Well, you'll just you'll end up where Mel ended up with the uh, you know with your wallet being a lot lighter and nothing to show for it. You know, um, and then uh, this is nice. I love these you, questions. I love how you put them up there. Very. Nice. I know this is cool. We're getting tech. We're sharing screens. We're sharing quotes. You were you were very impressive today. You Thank shared, you, Stephen. You did a screen share. Now you got these. Fist, fist bump. Fist bump. Fist bump. Okay. Okay. No, the, the camera's up here, Stephen. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, if if you guys don't think Steve and I are crazy, then you're off. But but we're crazy good. We're, we we create we care about you guys. Um, Keith said, uh, Mel, uh, Terrell, me too. I just signed up for InventRight coaching. So um, yeah, so thank you, Keith. Um, let's see. Else we got here. Uh, let's see. Are you okay, picking? So are you cherry picking the questions? No, I'm going to answer them all. I'm going to okay, go you got so much to say. I don't know if we're going to get to them all, but we got another oh, 27 minutes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, John says, is it better to start sending sell sheets to smaller companies and work up or oh. start with the larger companies and work down? Now, Stephen and I just slightly disagree on this maybe. Um, Stephen, I, I think that if you got a list of 30 companies, you just – get it out to all 30 companies you know you don't you don't go because people are too timid like oh i'll send it to companies and wait for a response i, know, no, I, I don't like that i've changed my opinion on this so why have you because you did change a little I, bit i but. have changed and it's okay to change okay right i know what you're saying you don't want people to to slow down their momentum that's what you're saying and i agree that you, you, that's get all like, the irons in the fire it's going to take know, a long I, time I for them to come I, back I, I know, and you know. I know a lot of people um, have a hard time getting started and keeping going and following up. You're right, they do yeah. that. And that's why having someone behind you making sure that our coach is making sure you're doing all that stuff because sometimes right, we right. need to be motivated. And and you're right, you're a little afraid that people are gonna wait too much, you know, too too long and lose their- And then, it, and then it like strings out, and they're like, they're waiting for this I, I, one I, special I, company and it's like I two know, months I, later, I, it's like, you could have been reaching out to more companies and that is what we teach. 
but you're kind of like tweaking a little I bit when, you, little when bit. people, when people are new, you want to get a little bit of feedback. The only, the uh, only, the only, the, the problem I have with your, your new thing that you've been talking about a little bit is that you don't get it from most of them. Like you remember reach out to 20 I, and you might only get feedback I, from two I, or three I, if I, you I, ask, you know, for ideas that are done very well, mm -hmm. for ideas that the magic just shows up fast, the videos are good, the socials are good. I know there's going to be some interest. I know there is. I can see it. I'm telling those guys, okay, slow it down just a tad for me here because I don't want a lot of people seeing this thing. It's too much. Let's, let's, do, let's do it a little bit smaller at first because they're going to respond. And when they do respond, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to get a little feedback. Those yeah. are the ideas I'm afraid because I can see it, Andrew. On those calls I have with those students now, and everybody knows we have a program, a special program, especially this month where when you join up, I'm on that second call because I want to see that. And it's that type of years of experience of going, you know, what I just saw, you have something here that someone's going to want. I can, I can see it. All right, so let's don't go crazy. Let's don't blast out to 20 companies and let everybody see your idea. No, no, I'm a little bit more, a little bit more cautious right now. But you don't want to take a year to show it to 30 companies. No, but I, no, no, no. But, but I do know that maybe three, maybe three. But here's okay, the question. Well here, Let's answer John's question with the small companies versus right. the medium size and larger companies. I like that approach, John. I like it. And I'll tell you the reason why. You're going to learn a little bit each time you have those conversations. So when you have it in front of a bigger company, you're ready. Now, let me tell you the problem with that strategy, right? If you have not done this before, you're not even ready with the smaller company. Right. So in theory, it does work. We like to have, we, we actually talk a lot about that with our students because having someone behind you, every question that comes in, you're answering it correctly in the right sequence, right? But if you don't even know what questions they're gonna ask, even those smaller companies, you're probably gonna trip up a little bit, okay? Um, you also have to be careful that if you get these smaller companies interested and you keep on going after the big fish, what do you do with the, the guy you just left behind, you burned a bridge, right? Because if, I, if I'm working with a smaller company, they show interest, but I'm just like, hey, I'm going after the big, I'll, I'll keep you at bay for a while because I'm going to go after the bigger one. What, what did you just do to the smaller guy? Hmm. Yeah, and that's what, traditionally, that's what we've said. You, you, you get them, people want to do a very timid approach. And we kind of, for the most part, our coaches will guide students not to do that because it'll take forever in a day. And to reach out, it's only a percentage are going to get back to you. Then you got to reach out again and again and again. And, and we're good at the reaching out now because of the program with Smart Pitch. See, here's mm -hmm. the other thing that's changed in my mind. Because we teach this class on LinkedIn twice, twice a month on how to get into companies. We wrote a book, Licensing Night Issues in LinkedIn. We're so good at that now, you're going to get a response now. When we were talking about going after 20, that was back in the day where it's hard to knock on the door and we didn't have LinkedIn, all that stuff. So I've changed it a little bit because we're so good at it now. I don't want my, to. My, my interview with, um, with Keanu, one of our coaches, and his student, Chad Brislon, um, he reached out to 100. And he's like, oh, I know I was kind of weak because my coach here, he did a couple hundred, which is non normal, guys. Non normal. We don't want to freak you out. Typically, we'll we'll do twenty or thirty. 
Um, <laughs> but it, it is it is always it is you still believe it's still a numbers game. Yes, a lot is. of um, a decent amount of companies, not two or three, but twenty or thirty if possible, and then three or four or five people in the same company until you get a person that you've made a connection with. So it is always a numbers game. But I think Stephen's making a very relevant point about wow, this is a really cool product. Let's get a let's see if we can get a little feedback from a few of them. Um, but I think I think there and I think he's <laughs> done a really good job saying there. But there is a middle ground. If you're I, just I, really timid, that's not going to work. I just think we've gotten better, Andrew. I think our coaches are better. I think LinkedIn's made us better. So it's not like we're just knocking on these doors. I think I think we can get into companies now easier, and I think we're going to get a response faster now. So I'm just mm -hmm. a little bit hesitant to see this great idea and go, all right, let's send them to everybody. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. Why don't we just be a little bit, a little bit more cautious? But I do, there every project's different. All right. This is interesting. Um, Put it up there. Yeah, I love, I love Peter, how you, Andrew. Peter, I, I'm just clicking on buttons, dude. Don't give me too much I'm credit. Pro you should be giving me a hard time for not using this feature before. That's Forget what you should it. Do. Forget it. But thank you. Thank you. Um, Peter said, it's a lot like pitching a TV show to a production company. Could you try and make a pilot yourself and try um, ABD to find a buyer, but you don't have the equipment, talent, distribution, et cetera, to establish production company. So, oh my God. yeah, a big, a massive part of our InventRight approach is sell, sell the sizzle, sell the benefit. You're not selling literally your product or a prototype or a patent. And I know I said product. You're like, what are you talking about? And you're selling the product. No, you're selling the benefit of the product. So when you do a marketing piece, a sell sheet or a video, you're showing that to them, and you're like. And Steven said this many times. If you're like 70% sure they can make it, who said you needed to like get an injection mold and figure out every little detail of the engineering? You don't need to. I know, but Andrew, there's a lot of engineers watching us. And there's, a lot, of do it. That, there's a lot of people that just love the little details. They love the details. And right? that's going to mess them up. That's going to mess them up. It's going to mess them so, up. That's why. why we, tell them why it's going to mess them up. Well, they're going to be worried about things they don't need to worry about. And they're gonna they're gonna do all this work, and they don't know if anybody even wants it yet. And and you, here's the psychology behind it. It's just another reason to procrastinate Ooh. on the stuff that they're not yet comfortable with, which is reaching out to companies. Because that's when things can, can happen. You can yeah, be dicking around with all the research and stuff. Nothing will happen until you reach out to a company. So it's another excuse. Now we're not always saying this is the case, guys. When we do these shows. <sighs> The things we say don't apply 100% to every product, okay? And everybody thinks, well, then I'm the exception. No, most of the time, what we're saying is true. There's always exceptions. And sometimes, Stephen, we'll get a we'll get a coach that says, oh, I got the student. They're saying Stephen Andrews said this on the show, and 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 the coach is like, yeah, but it doesn't apply in your situation. And occasionally, I'll need to actually talk to the student. And go, you know, what? your coach is right. You're an exception. So, guys, when we're giving you advice, not all the time. We don't have your particular scenario, but it, the advice we give you is like a most of the time thing. You know, you, you know Andrew, you said something that was really interesting. Um, and I want everybody to understand this. We, at our program at InventRight, first calls with the coach and with me, we're really trying to understand the correct path. And then later we follow up towards the end of the program to give us a scorecard. How did we do? A, B, C, did we fail? And then let me tell you where you fail. We fail if that member or student has not 
got in the game by pitching ideas and getting feedback. Right? We, we, there's no way we can guarantee they're going to take your idea. That's impossible. And there's no guarantee we're going to say your idea is going to sell a million. We, no one has those crystal balls. But the point I think we're making now is, and Andrew has said this many times, you're, you're only in the game when you're reaching out to companies getting feedback. Right? That's a good measurement stick for me. Yeah. Right? You can protect it, study the marketplace. You could do a sales sheet, a video, file a PPA, make a list of companies. But if you're not getting the engagement, right? Yeah. And if you're not getting positive engagement, or at least people talking to you, then we have failed. We all have failed, right? Yeah. So that's why it's so important to do this correctly. And here's the other thing too. If you reach out to a company and you don't do it the right way, there's a good chance that door's gonna close on you. Right, and they do, and their their job, these companies, and they told me this, our job is not to teach you. And it's not just how great your product is, right? We have a lot of other requirements that, that need to be talked about and, 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 and discussed, and we have, we have to make sure you're the right person to bring in. We have to look at the cost and the pack, and we have to look at all this stuff. You have risk written on your forehead when you knock on our door. So, so anyway, just wanted to, really get back to that engagement of feedback and how important it is. And if you're not doing that, something's going and wrong. The, on the other side of things, the reason we just showed like a hundred plus of our students that are licensed products on our, on our website, when you do and say the right things, you dramatically increase your chances of success. And that goes beyond your product. They can love your product, but if they see you as going, you're going to be a difficult person or they need to explain every little thing and you're not doing anything to guide the deal, you know, that's, that's why people don't do deals. And, and here I'm going to say something that shocks new people that, that don't know this. You're at least 50% responsible for a deal getting done. If you just think I'm going to send them my idea and then I'm just going to keep replying to whatever question they have for me, you will not close deals. You need to guide them. And you're like, well, I can't guide this big company. No, they're not a big company. They're a person. And you're like, they're asking a question. And once you understand, like if you're working with our negotiation coach, Paul, he's like, well, that's not going to move things forward. Let's half answer it. Let's go back over this way. And before you, the, the student's like, oh, crap, that worked. Like, you know, and, and it's like, so because we know how to do that. And once you know how to do that, you don't need us anymore. But it's more, it's just as much about that as about your product. If you think just because it's such a great product and they see it, that everything will fall into place for a licensing deal, you are sorely mistaken. Andrew, he, not, let's talk about the licensing deal for just a minute before you get to the next question. Um, I saw a licensing agreement come, come in recently and I, I reviewed it and I saw the, the holes and there was some, there's pretty big gaping hole here. All right. yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. No, not, not this one. Not that this one, one. okay. Right. There's another one that came in and, and, I was like, wow, this is like this is like the holy grail of holes. This is like the biggest hole ever. If you sign this, this is a problem. And that same person that sent it to me sent it to someone else, and that someone else had a patent attorney look at it, and they didn't see the hole at all. <laughs> well, first of all, what one thing they did wrong there, which you would agree with, is you don't send a licensing agreement to a patent attorney. Well, that's my point. Yeah. Okay. Right? It's very specialized. This is yeah. all the stuff we're talking about is pretty specialized. And so, so I said, this is what I said to the person. I said, Why don't you send it to that person and get the feedback from that attorney and see if they can see the holes. 
And they came back and they didn't see any of the holes. Wow. Because they don't specialize in the, they don't specialize in what happens when you sign a deal. So yeah. all this thing that we're talking about is pretty specialized, right? And so realize that if you're, if you are trying to do this for the first time, realize that like anything else, it's going to probably take a little bit longer than you think. It's probably going to take a little bit more time. It's, it's probably going to run in some, you know, headways, some roadblocks, but keep going, get good information and find someone to help you. All right. I, I, Stephen, can you give Beth a pep talk here? She says um, she's on a PP. I don't know what means PPA. She thinks the product's great. I have working prototypes, but I'm horrible at sales. I get crazy nervous. So, <laughs> you know, we most of our members have never done sales before. Some of them have. Most of them haven't. How do we deal with that? And what can you say to her to show her that she and everybody else here, regardless of their background, can do this and how do we do it at invent right that prevents her to have to be a, a sales schmuck and she thinks she needs to be slick and come across as like super sharp and, and you totally don't so can you give her a pep talk yeah and you're you're right and a lot of us you know a lot of us probably think i need to be a salesperson i don't like sales all right, right. no you, you don't want to be a salesperson if anything you want to tell a story Right, a story that someone can identify with. And how do you do that? You do that with the one-page sell sheet, we call it. It's an advertisement, one-page advertisement of your product idea. That really shows the benefit of why someone would care. Let that tool sell for you. You don't have to sell. And Andrew says this all the time. He goes, and you don't have to knock on a door and, and sell. No, you're delivering that package, that sell sheet, your marketing material to a company to review and let it sell itself. Right. Because if it does not sell itself, it doesn't matter how great you are at sales. Yeah. And the, the, the next discussion you have is to talk about the product. They are already intrigued by it because you did a good sales pitch, which is not a pitch. It's your sell sheet doing the pitch for you. So yeah. now you're just having a, a kind of a, a, not a salesy conversation, a conversation. Now you need to know how to have those conversations, don't get me wrong. Our negotiation coach, Paul, guides our students through that. You need to know how to communicate via email once you get interest and how to communicate on the phone, but you're not selling. So if now the, the part that our students that do have a background in sales, Stephen, that benefits them is anybody that has done sales. I don't care if they sold Cutco knives door to door when they're in college or high school, or they actually have had a sales job, but is the fact that they're gonna get no's. So that's the thing that people have a really hard time getting used to. They're gonna get a no or they're gonna get crickets and they need to keep reaching but, out till they get a no and you know. It, let's talk about hard. the no for a minute. That's hard. Let's talk about the no for a minute because I was on a call with one of our, our members and I was following up. I said, how, how did we do? What's going on? So he goes, well, I'm doing pretty good. And I've only reached, you know, I reached out to three or four companies. I got some engagement and one company said this and another company said this and another company said this. I said, first of all, you're doing a great job. Okay. But we need more companies. Like you said, we, three is not enough. And from the three that you sent it to, you had some engagement. So you know how to get to the companies. Congratulations. The coach did a good job. You're in the game. But when he told me, one company said, well, you know, the royalties, we like to do kind of a scaling royalty. He didn't know what that meant, so he thought, I don't want to bother with that. I said, no, 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 that, that's something 
all negotiations, especially contracts, are going to get negotiated. That's a sliding scale royalty. That's no big deal. That's great news. That is great news. They're even asking about it. It's, it's great news. They're just engaging and talking about the deal. That's always a good thing, I, even I, if it's terrible. Even if he, the terms are terrible, they're talking about it. They want the product. You are, you're doing great. Even if they're beating you up and a lot of the terms aren't agreeable, it's okay. You're going you're gonna to see if you can figure it out. It scared them off. I said, okay, shouldn't. all right, all right. It shouldn't. I know it did though, Andrew. And I said, okay, yeah. okay. That's why you need someone seasoned behind you. No, 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 that's a good thing. Here's the other thing that kind of stopped him a little bit. One person, um, he sent it off to a DRTV company and they said, well, it, 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 it's too low cost and it needs to be packaged with more, you know? Okay, I said, look, number one, that's, that's only a problem for the DRTV. If, if they, even even though they contacted you and gave you feedback, it's a good thing, okay? It just didn't hit the price point of what they're looking for, what they want to sell. They don't want to sell a $5.99 product. They want to sell a $19 product. So, okay, that's really good news. That's not bad news. He was, I, didn't, I thought it was bad news. I go, no, that's not bad news. Now we just have to find the company that sells that particular product. But here's the catch, Andrew, that blew, blew my mind. Yeah. I asked him what... Could you explain the type of companies you're going after? And then he showed me, you know, the type of companies. I said, well, let me go online and let's do a little bit deeper. And what happened was he was just stopping a little short. You know, he should have gone further, like you talked about. But he didn't realize that even though he got a no today, it's okay to follow up two, three months later because mm -hmm. things do change. Right. And he didn't realize he could follow up. So I guess what I'm saying to everybody, if you're doing this, that's why having someone that's done it a couple of times that can read between the lines, some of this feedback you're getting, what does that really mean? Is it too expensive or it's the timing isn't right or, or it's not the right category? And you realize all the things that were happening were really great things. He just didn't know how to read between the lines. Yeah, good advice, Stephen. Um, I'm gonna put this one up from John. Uh, when I start getting interest in my product, is there a package with InventRight that helps with the details of negotiations? So this is something that Stephen and I get asked quite often. And I'm just going to give you guys the statistics. Some people go, well, you know, I just want to use you guys for the negotiations. And I'm like, you're welcome to do that. But here's the thing that Stephen and I experience when people say that. And then we're like, yeah, come on back. You can sign what? up for the negotiations month to month and we'll help you. But guess what? We never hear from those people. Because they didn't do the right things to get well, into a deal. Like, it's very rare. John's been a member of ours. He's gone through it. John had a few problems with the PPA. And I've already told John, call me. Because, of course. Because PPAs is a little bit weird. And it's a little intimidating. I understand it. But John now knows how to do this. And he wants to know, can I come back once I get a deal? Of course. What, okay, that's what he's asking. That's you. different. But for I'm talking, so I'm more generically answering and not specifically for you, John. Um, because I, I do recognize the name now. I, I Stephen's good. He recognized the name. I didn't recognize it right away. Um, people that aren't students of ours, and they're like, oh, I'll just sign up when I get a deal. And it's like, if you don't know how to get a deal on the table, if your sell sheet's no good, your marketing's no good. You're not reaching out to the right companies. You don't know how to reach out. You you, you don't know how to talk to companies. You, you're not going to get into a deal where we can help you. And we see that over and over and over again. So I think sometimes people, they're trying to save money in that area and they're just hurting them. Well, Andrew, wait a minute. Let's talk about saving money for a minute because 
I think we all want to be smart with our money. Of course. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I try to save money at every turn. Of course. Yeah. No. And, and, and the best investment, and this is really hard for people to understand because you think that I want a prototype. That's a good investment. I need a patent. That's a good investment because those are tangible so I can touch it. But the coaching piece, I can't touch that. You know, it's, it's and Keith, Keith just says something really important about the coaching, no matter who it is, if you have someone behind you and guides you to that success, it's priceless, right? And that small amount of coaching that got you there compared to everything else of what that costs, it's a small part. Yeah. Right? So, so I, I'm just trying to tell everybody, I know sometimes there's, we have a lot of YouTube. How many YouTube do we have? 950 YouTubes? Almost yeah, Almost a thousand. We have books. We've got all this information. Do we see a lot of success with that? Yes and no, but not as much as we would like. Because it, no professional in any field is going to watch a YouTube channel or read a book and become a pro. You know, there has to be someone behind it, kind of. And, and that's just kind of what we've seen over the years. And I think anybody that's a professional will tell you I've been educated. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Keith, thank you for saying that, because it is it's, you know, and some people, this is expensive. Well, there's a lot of other things that are going to be very expensive. Yeah, And Steve and I, over the years, just behind the scenes, we've always scratched our head that people will spend ten thousand dollars on a patent. But to pay a couple thousand dollars to get coaching on every part aspect of the process to turn them into a pro so they can license products the rest of their life that they hesitate. And and I but I don't think I don't think it's the 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 money, Stephen. I think it's a very big leap, and we need to acknowledge that, and we have, to go from dreaming up ideas to actually working on them. So I don't think it's always about the money. I think people say it is, but it's about like, oh crap, now I gotta spend two to six hours a week every single week working on my ideas, not just coming up with ideas, but doing stuff that I don't want to do, like reaching out to companies. And it's well, it's hard to make that transition. We have to acknowledge well, that. Maybe also they don't trust themselves that they're going to work hard enough. Well, I think there's something about all of us that we maybe have started a project that we didn't complete. Sure. Or, or maybe they're worried that I'm, maybe I'm not capable or they're worried that I won't follow enough or, or I'll get distracted. So they don't trust themselves. Well, this whole licensing thing isn't real. It's just Stephen Andrew. What kind of stuff? Whatever, you know. Well, there's a lot of programs that people get started and they, for some reason, they have, a, maybe they have a history of not completing. Right. Sure. Sure. That's right. valid. It's valid. That's very, very valid. But what I, what I realized, though, when I take on something new, I need to make sure I've done, I, I have someone or something to keep me accountable, that keeps me on track. That keeps me showing up every day. Mm -hmm. That keeps me completing the task, right? And if you don't have that mechanism, I don't care. If you go, to, if you have a personal coach to go to the gym, the reason why you're doing that, that person's going to keep you doing it. It's going to require you to show up. How many people get a gym membership and then quit? Well, they don't quit. They keep paying because <laughs> they don't well, want to admit that they. <laughs> okay, but they, but at the end of the day, you need to have someone that says, "All right." Do those push-ups, okay? Come you know, on, man. You know, I, I really want to thank you, Mel, for sharing something so personal here. Trial and error, many failures is not a factor for me. Just need the push. 22 years, colon, rectal cancer, 
cancer oh. warrior. I've only created, you know, some of us, we need to do something like get cancer and get over it to go, wow, I need, I need to do something with my life. I need mm. to do something important. I could die any day. And any of us can, whether we have cancer or not. But for some of us, we, something needs to happen. Maybe Mel would have found this within um, themselves, you know, anyways. But anyway, Mel, that, that's a very, so the, the people that get our help, some people are perfectly, and you need to figure out who you are. Some people are perfectly happy waking up every morning, dreaming about their ideas, coming up with another one, writing up down in the notebook or just keeping their head. And it gives you a rush that you came up with this cool idea. And that is, and you'll be happy with that forever. Probably not any of you guys here because you're listening to us ramble for an hour. But then there's <laughs> another set of inventors, which is a much, it's a very small subset of people with ideas that are like, God damn it, I'm tired of coming up with ideas. I'm going to actually make an effort to get it out there and do all this stuff I'm not comfortable with beyond coming up with the idea. What? And and just the fact that you guys are listening to us right now, that that's probably you. Well, you I need do. to determine if that's you. Not every, you know, I'm pretty self-motivated guy. I know everybody isn't like that, right? So those are very valid, you guys. And But the, the reason I think what's really important, the reason why you're here today listening to us you are interested. You are passionate. You want to take that next step. You're in the game. That's the thing I like. So let's get to some more. How many? How's the timing, Andrew? We're well. Oh, we're, we're, we're at the hour, actually. Let's get a couple. Is there any more we haven't hit that are important? Uh, let's They're see. All important, but any, anything else we can hit? Let's see. Okay, uh, it's kind of a technical one here. Here we go, uh, David. Hi, Stephen Andrew. Is it true that any claims you don't list in your provisional patent won't be protected in your non-provisional patent? Um, no, that's not true, David. So I'll, I'll give him kind of a general answer. So let's say you file the provisional today, David, okay? And it has A and B in it. And then, you know, you're, you're talking to some companies and you get interest from a company and um, they're like, yeah, we want you to do a patent. And you're like, great. And you get them to just give you some sort of advance. You put that towards the patent. And then you're going to tell the attorney, look, I came up with this other little variation here and I want you to put that in the non-provisional. So you're going to be protected for A and B from the date you filed your provisional. And then when you do the non-provisional, let's say eight months later, okay, and you add C to it, you're protected for C, that new information from that date. That's the way it works. It won't be like you did your provisional, you forgot something, now you're just screwed and you can never change it. You can actually file another provisional, cover that new information. So you don't have to file a patent to cover that. You can actually have multiple provisionals, then later file full utility, and you'll reference the provisionals. And for whatever is each one of those provisionals from each of those dates, you're protected from those dates or you're protected from you know, your full utility. Stephen, things like this hold people back. Like they don't... I know, Andrew, but but I'm really glad the way you answer that. And, and maybe they're not getting that type of information from their patent attorney. And you know what's really crazy? We hear all the time no, they, that they someone aren't. has filed a provisional patent application and their patent attorney is forcing them to file a non-provisional patent application and they yeah. don't know they have other options. We hear that all the right. time too. Yeah, I think I piss off a lot of attorneys because I'll catch somebody there. They're like, my patent attorney is telling me they need to spend 10 grand. I'm like, well, have you shown it to anybody? Have you? No, I haven't done anything. I filed a provisional. Like, uh, file another provisional. You're going to lose your original date. But almost never do I see that. I've never, literally, never seen that be an issue for a inventor. Could it? Yes. Is that worth ten thousand dollars? 
in my opinion, for you and me, Stephen, we would never spend that money on that. Are you going so, on a a little bit, a little bit. Not, well, because I'm taking, because I'm beating up. We we spent almost a whole hour not beating up patent attorneys. Oh my God, I, I'm sorry. I, I almost. No, anyway. I, did, I did a video for YouTube. People are loving it. I, I, I went a little crazy with patent attorneys on my YouTube. Okay. We're going to end on this one, Stephen, <laughs> um, because I know you got another engagement here in 27 minutes. We're going to end on this one. And sorry, guys, there's a lot of questions in here. We we couldn't even remotely get to them all. Um, Christy Lee said, what advice would you give to someone who has a notebook filled with product ideas? Steve, I'm going to let you answer that one. I think it's a great idea. Great, great question. I mean, well, you know, Andrew, we hear that all the time, you know, that they have a, a book filled with ideas. Well, mm -hmm. that's great. And I think that's part of that magical process at the very beginning that you love so much. Right. But now what do you do? That's that next step that people just don't know. What we like to talk about quite, you know, quite often with, with their, our members and students and coaches, how do we pick which one to work on? You know, and that's why there's some steps to go through by studying the marketplace, evaluating your ideas. You go through it to realize, all right, let me pick one that has a good chance because they're great. I love all my ideas, but some of them are going to be more profitable than others. So I have to have a process. And we've talked about this. The process of evaluating your ideas to which ones do you work on? So I, I love that she's doing that, but what do you do now? Right? And they don't do anything in your book. Well, when when somebody becomes a student, usually they'll go over several of them, three or four or five with the coach. And, you know, the coach is not a wizard. They need information. So they might say, well, I have enough to help you with number one and number two, but number three and four I need more information. Come back. Let's figure it out together. And it's not just the one you love necessarily, if you're okay to working on one of several, but which ones are more licensable and what for what reasons. And understanding which products are more licensable and actually going over those products is a great exercise that all of our students don't do early on, but I love it when they can. So I think it's a fantastic yep. thing, Christy, if you're Christy Lee, if you're open to working on any of them, and I, coaches love that. They're like, great, let's go over each of them. Let's go over the upsides and downs. But, but it's not their personal opinion. It's their opinion based on the market facts. What else is in the space of that invention? And also other, other litmus tests is, oh, this one's going to be a little harder because of this or that, because of the industry or whatever. So and can that we, is not something that people are brand new. They really get it all. Can, Very few people. Yeah. Can we make something really clear too? We don't evaluate an idea on the merit of the idea. I think that's ridiculous, right? I, I think we can evaluate the, the industry, the difficulties, what's going to be required. Does it have a benefit statement? Does it have a wow factor? We can do all those things that, that we're very good at. But if some of these people want to evaluate the idea, give you a scorecard. I, 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 I think that's ridiculous. What, what I think what Andrew said is very, very important to talk about, to look at it. But here's what I want her to do, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Each of those ideas, right? Two, two, three, three sentences at most. And the first sentence, exp explain why someone would care. What are you doing for that person? What is the benefit, right? I mean, what, what is the, why is it going to make my life better? Why would someone even care? Do that for each of those ideas. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'll tell you, when you do that, and if the benefit's big enough, it's going to jump off that page. So that's the first thing I would do if I was her. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, good advice. Good advice. We're about six minutes late here, guys. Um, I enjoyed myself. I'm, I hope that you guys enjoyed yourself. Um, come on back uh, next week. Ask some more questions. I know we didn't get to everybody because we had a lot of people in here. But I want to remind you guys to take care and keep inventing. Stephen, you, anything you want to say in closing? No, I want everybody to go over to our YouTube channel, InventRight TV. Watch it. Andrew's got one that I think just posted at 11. And he goes through the process of one of our members that licensed an idea. I think you're going to really love that video. So don't miss it. Thank you for doing it, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Get on, get on YouTube. Uh, give our videos thumbs up. Subscribe. Uh, click on the notifications button. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Stephen. See you guys.